All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will slowly poison you until you're an invalid, and then we'll light you on fire. And now, Howler Pod. Ow! Never fight a river. And never fight Aja. Hello, Howlers! Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow! I'm your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. It's character study time. Who will enter the passage tonight? The passage of our in-depth scrutiny and judgment? Will they rise above the rest and be crowned prime? Or will they fall short and be disgraced henceforth as a pixie? Who are we studying today? House Grimace. Wow. That'd be Magnus, Aja, Atalantia, Moira. Moira. And Ajax. All right, let's do this. Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our character backgrounds. Hopefully we don't shoot our suits or have to fight Aja. <laughs> <laughs> house Grimace this is an ancient house that has existed since the time of the Iron Golds. Following the conquering, they became one of the prominent gold families of Earth, maintaining dominion over Africa and the Americas. The House Grimace Standard is a pearl skull with a crown on a black field. The house was founded by Seneca Al Grimace. The first gold to land in the Iron Rain took the American Eastern Seaboard following the destruction of the Atlantic fleet by Scipio Abalona. Magnus Al Grimace, a.k.a. the Ash Lord, a.k.a. the Ass Lord, <laughs> is a gold, a peerless scarred, and the former arch-imperator of the society. He was responsible for destroying Rhea with nuclear weapons after its leader refused to accept Octavia Alun's new authority as sovereign in 680 PCE, which is 60 years prior to the events of Morningstar. He is the father of Atalantia, Aja, and Moira, grandfather to Ajax, and the godfather of Lysander Alun. He was burned alive by Darrow, Severo, and Apple at his fortress on Venus at the end of Iron Gold. He became the literal Ash Lord. Bada bing, bada boom, we got an Ash Lord. <laughs> That's why you guys are here. You come for jokes like that. All right. Aja Al Grimace is a gold, a peerless guard, the former Protean Knight, and the chief bodyguard of Octavia Alun, to whom she is fiercely loyal. She's the daughter of the Ash Lord. She was trained by Lorn Arcos and is supposedly even stronger than him. She is bitterly opposed to Darrow's cause and murdered Quinn and Ragnar Valeris among some of Darrow's other allies. Is this Trig a race here? Sorry, Trig. 
you also got killed by Aja. Ooh. <laughs> uh, she is tall and powerful with large hands, and dark skin, and extremely white teeth. She uses that uh, crest white strip. <laughs> While Darrow considers her to be a sadistic beast and many others find her to be amoral and cruel, her former mentor, Lauren, tells Darrow that Aja has her friends, her family, and her own people to protect. She is immensely loyal to Octavia, who treated her like a daughter, willing to risk her life to defend her against immense odds, and is furious and saddened by her injuries. She was killed by Darrow, Cassius, Mustang, and uh, mostly when Severo uh, you know, cut her head off during the final confrontation of Morningstar. He says, nighty-night, Grimace. Nighty-night. <laughs> 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 Moira, the, the mostly known sister <laughs> of the three, is a gold and the former chief politico of Sovereign Octavia Loon. In Morningstar, she was part of a team of gold negotiators sent by Octavia to Quicksilver's home to arrange a coup against the Jackal's brutal reign as the Martian Archgovernor. However, her team was ambushed by Darrow's forces and killed when Darrow basically cooked her inside her pulse armor with his pulse fist. She got all gooey. It was tough. Tough for her. Yes. Atalantia. Al Grimace is a gold, a peerless guard, and the current dictator of the society remnant. Atalantia is one of the Furies and is the only remaining Grimace sister alive. She is noted to be the cruelest among the Furies and displays sadistic tendencies, reveling in the prospect of torturing Darrow. There's a drink named after her alias, Venusian Fury, which according to Ephraim T. Horn tastes like licorice and salt and causes an odd side effect. Of the swelling of the groin. Oh. Wow. You should try that. It's a boner drink. (laughs) (laughs) Atalantia is considered the strategist among the Furies and runs her father's fleet when he becomes incapacitated. Bystander notes Atalantia has a savage brain and an immensely contagious charisma. She is hindered by neither guilt nor doubt. She knows no half measures. She is a social strategist a herpetologist a sculptor a laughing masterful woman in love with the sound of her own voice and convinced that beauty is the pinnacle of existence in any form wow that's your aunt buddy that's like lysander in those damn descriptions he's so good at your aunt buddy she is also mentioned by mustang to possess erotophonophilia the derision of sexual pleasure from execution so that's ah same same totally normal yeah um, Atlas Alra reveals that she is in a sexual relationship with her nephew Ajax, also totally fine, having groomed him for it in his parents' absence. Wow, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Atalantia is mostly absent in the original trilogy, but is featured in Iron Gold, where she is the last remaining fury. She is revealed to have been acting as the Ashlord for three years prior to Iron Gold because he is completely debilitated as a result of a scheme by the Wrath Bros. Wrath Bros! Mostly Apple. Mostly Apple, yeah. She features as the main antagonist of Dark Age, leading the society remnant against the Republic from her flagship, the Anihilo. Atalantia and Lysander discuss how this will end, as it was she who sent Ajax's men to assassinate him. She plans on becoming the Sovereign and plans to kill Lysander for it. However... Lysander surprises her with an offer of an alliance in marriage. She accepts as the celebrations go on through the night. Atalantia and Lysander celebrate together 
in her meditation they, chamber. They have sex. And they bang it out. Auntie and nephew. It's totally normal. Getting on. <laughs> <laughs> Ajax, ah, uh, Grimace, is a gold, a peerless guard in the current storm night of the Society Remnant. He is the son of Aja Agremis and Atlas Ara and a former consort of Atalantia. So she's been nephew fucking for years, <laughs> man. She's really used to it. He's also legate of the Iron Leopards. He's cocky and brash and has super fast fighting skills. Just ask Tongueless. <laughs> he cut Tongueless into four pieces. He also peed on Diomedes Cloak. I added that tongueless part in there just for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for reminding me. All right, let's talk historical connections from the wise and wonderful Heather. We threw a lot at her this week. Yeah, she's had a lot of deep research. Hopefully it didn't mess up the midterms, Heather. We're sorry. If you don't get all A's, <laughs> you can blame it on us. <laughs> yeah, we'll write a note to your teachers, <laughs> your professors. <laughs> sorry Heather's famous. Sorry that she has wildly more important work to do. <laughs> All right. She says, first off, the surname Grimace likely evolved from the word grime in English. Such refers to dirt or soot, specifically covering one's face. But in Proto-Germanic, the ultimate linguistic root grime means mask. The adjectival form of grime translates as mask-like producing the logical conclusion that members of House Gremis hide their true selves beneath a completely alien outward personality. At the very least, their thoughts and intentions remain well-concealed by their excellent poker faces. For instance, the Ashlord spends much of iron gold in the preceding years pretending to be the military might behind the society's war efforts, when in reality, he lay crippled and infirm, a sitting duck unworthy of Darrow's covert attack. Likewise, Atalantia feigns disinterest in becoming sovereign to the gold houses she commands out of polemic necessity, when in fact absolute power is her deepest, darkest desire. Ajax similarly professes fraternal love towards Lysander to cover up his bitterness over his own inferiority, donning innocuity to make an assassination attempt appear unlikely. Aja, on the other hand, cast her own will aside to display and realize that of Octavia alone, perhaps more selfless than her blood relatives, but just as two-faced. Moving on to the Ash Lord, Magnus Agrimus is nominally notable on account of his first name. Magnus is a Latin adjective, but in reference to a particular individual, it translates as the great. Such a cognomen forces one's attention towards Pompey Magnus, Pompey the Great, a Roman general who rode the coattails of Sulla's earlier success to reach unimaginable military heights. Pompey aspired to be Rome's Alexander the Great, and after conquering the Mithridatic resistance in the east, Rome entertained Pompey's lofty comparison by endowing him with the name Magnus. Magnus. Undefeated and affluent, Pompey acquired quite a following so that when Caesar ultimately crossed the Rubicon, gamblers would have put their money on yet another Pompey victory. But Caesar changed the paradigm mm. and dealt Pompey, once an ally, his first real defeat in battle, a loss that snowballed through unfortunate decisions into an ignoble death in Egypt. When Caesar pursuing 
learned of his enemy's death, it became clear that Pompey hadn't been the primary obstacle to Caesar's aims. Instead, it was the Senate and people of Rome whom he still had to persuade with rhetoric rather than force. For the burning of Rhea, the Ash Lord emotes the same terrifying aura as Pompey in the field of war. Likewise, he suffers his first defeat at the hands of a Caesar-like figure. And after the Ash Lord perishes in a Pompeian-like manner on Venus, nothing gets any easier for Darrow. Like Caesar, he's left with far more daunting task of changing the minds of friends and enemies alike. Though already mentioned to contextualize research on Diomedes, Ajax, one of the forefront fighters in the Trojan War, committed suicide after Odysseus won Achilles' armor. Thinking himself the next best warrior, Ajax was furious when Odysseus's wit, of all things, earned him the possessions of Achilles, much like Ajax. Algrimus felt himself entitled to Atalantia and was devastated by her desertion to crafty Lysander. The name Ajax means mourner in ancient Greek, which is exactly what the Greek Ajax did following Odysseus's acquisition, both for himself and for the Greeks on the whole. Too humili- humiliated to continue contributing in battle, Ajax killed himself and left his comrades with one fewer god of war on their side. Will Ajax Algrimus follow the same path? Let's hope so. <laughs> Here's to hoping. Moving on, the name Aja is likely derived from the Latin Aias, translated as speaker. That's A-I-U-S. As the Protean knight, Aja served as Octavia's most versatile attendant, carrying out even the most horrific requests. Aja's loyalty allowed her to function as an extension of the sovereign herself, imbuing her with the unique capacity to speak on behalf of Octavia. In a world where ideas are more dangerous than the blade, having the complete confidence of the most powerful human in the solar system is no small accomplishment. Lastly, Atalantia is a corruption of Atalanta, ancient Greek for balanced, the feminized form meaning having the same value as man. Mythological Atalanta was a fierce huntress and athlete who refused marriage out of disdain for the prospect of masculine domination. She agreed to marry only a suitor who could outrun her, and when men failed, she speared them to death. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like this bitch. (laughs) Atalanta was eventually tricked into wedlock, but she never lost her reputation as the fastest runner on Earth, an unusual title for a woman amidst the misogyny of ancient Greece. While Atalantia Algrimus may not be mentally balanced, readers see throughout Iron Gold and Dark Age alike just how much of an error it is to underestimate her. Darrow assumes she won't be able to pick up the war effort after the death of her father when she had actually been doing so seamlessly for years. She convinces the elite gold houses of her need for authority during the war and makes a disgusting but strategic alliance with Lysander to avoid a potential challenge to her throne. Her cunning deceit surely puts her on the same level as even the best military strategists in the Red Rising universe. Bum, bum, bum. Great job, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Great work. Nailed it. All right, let's go on to the legacy section. Let's do it. Let's talk some legacies. So I feel like there's two separate legacies here, depending on the trilogy that you're talking about. Or... For who's alive still. Right. That's another good point. <laughs> uh, so in the first trilogy, 
I feel like the grimaces were more, much more like the silent henchmen. They were scary. They're formidable. They killed a lot of people, but there wasn't a whole lot of character development going on. They're basically just executioners or the Grim Reaper, Grimace <laughs> Reapers. I know we we always use James Bond as a comparison on this podcast. <laughs> we, you do. <laughs> but if you've watched those movies, so James Bond is always going up against, you know, a bad guy, right? And they're usually like some megalomaniac. And they've always got like a number two henchman. And they're usually like kind of silent. Like Igor? And they're a giant, <laughs> but, they're, but they're usually giant, very scary looking blonde guys oh yeah it's the like russian a, it's like kind of a trope of the james bond series and so that's what especially like aja reminds me of especially in the first trilogy for sure uh, they are constantly on our character's tail they're causing all kinds of trouble they're usually killing people that they're close to and then at the end we have to you know we have to kill them before we can ultimately get to the final bad guy we got to put them down before they put us down. Right. They're like in Mario, the little bosses you have to beat before you beat the mega boss. Right. <laughs> but they still give you trouble. Like they still send you back to the beginning of the castle over and over. Right. And yeah, there's just like not a lot of character going on with them, like really at all. Um, or we don't we don't see in depth right. into their personalities. And I did want to talk about, we do see a little bit. So there are, despite this, we still see, you know, a couple spots where they're not like these completely inhuman monsters. I think the the biggest example of this is just like the genuine hurt and sadness and anger that Aja experiences at the, when Octavia is attacked. Yes. And then we also see a sliver of a conscience when the Ash Lord you know, stops the entire destruction of Luna by Lilith when she's blowing up nuclear bombs. Because he learned his lesson. Right. And then we also see um, through Lysander's memories that Aja was kind to him and treated him as like a son and kind of protected him from Octavia. So we, we do see human-like characteristics, especially from Aja, and then, you know, I mean, she trained with Lauren for a long time and he saw something great in her. True. And I feel like Lauren's probably not a great judge of character because Darrow fooled him too. <laughs> but like, you know, if she was just a cold psychopath, I, I feel like Lauren wouldn't have given her the will away. Well, that's like Darrow's reaction to her, right? He's like, she's a cold-blooded, stone-cold killer. Right. terrible person and La lauren's like no she's just like a human being just like you are pretty much you know just on different side exactly and so that's a good transition into like this legacy of the second trilogy that they leave where we really learn so much more about these characters like you said we get kind of like a lot of the motherly vibes out of aja especially with lysander and then we learn a ton about um, atalantia Basically, they are kind of our main antagonists so far of this second trilogy. In Iron Gold, Daryl's pretty much just obsessed with finding the Ash Lord. And he's always thinking about the Ash Lord. And he does a lot of stupid shit just to get to the Ash Lord. Right. And then when he's there, what does he figure out? 
that it, it's Atalantia. He figures out that it's Atalantia, and basically that he's like, I'm acting a lot like the Ash Lord at this point. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we noticed. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a really important point, because Daryl's obsession with the Ash Lord in Iron Gold kind of leads him basically to the middle of a maze with no way out. He's at a dead end. Everything, Every choice that he's made up to that point has been wrong, it seems like. And he learns a lot about himself in that um, he maybe doesn't want to be this person. Um, it pushes Daryl down a, a new path and forces him to reconsider his actions, what he should do next. And that ends up sending him to Mercury where we run into Atalantia. So then Atalantia right. in Dark Age, then she is the main... Well, she's one of the main <laughs> antagonists. Obviously, there's a lot of baddies in Dark Age. But for Darrow, she becomes his main antagonist. And we see that she's not only um, a sharp military commander, that she also swayed the other Iron Golds under her control. Um, she kind of manipulated everybody. Mm-hmm. She's also super like hypersexual and has her Britney Spears snake <laughs> full of, she's full of personality and she's also depraved and, you know, likes to kill people to get off. <laughs> That's weird. And like bang her nephews. And yes. Just and she's, you know, obviously Ajax is a little crazy probably because of her and, you know, well, that whole grooming his whole situation yeah. is extremely fucked up. His whole life makes him crazy. Um, she's also cocky and doesn't think that Darrow can beat her. Yep. So even when Darrow gets little wins, she's still like, LOL. Yeah. You suck. I'm going to win and I'm going to be <laughs> like the new Octavia, basically. Yeah. She is a total, she's like a mastermind. She's ambitious and. Um, she's a really good military commander. Like she's a formidable opponent for for Darrow, and the way that she works the golds over is really cool. Where she's like, no, I don't want to be, you know, right now I got I have to be the dictator because we need somebody in charge for she's this. Like, but war. you know, I just like to party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she uses that to her advantage later on when she's able to liberate Mercury or whatever, and join up with. Lysander and then they're gonna like rule together or whatever um I love the way that he describes her not only in that that one description that we get but um I think Diomedes is the one that asks him for like a two-word description he's like anybody can be described in two words you know what's Atalantia's two-word description and he says velvet buzzsaw it's pretty (laughs) pretty weird description (laughs) but isn't like perfectly spot on I don't think I... What is a buzzsaw? Are they different in the future? No, I think they're pretty much the same. Okay. I mean, just wondering. They have different weapons and tools. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's more of like a tool situation where it's just like a saw that's like chewing up things constantly and... Covered in velvet. It's like beautiful, but dangerous and ambitious, you know, and... Is a buzzsaw like a, like a table saw? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like constantly like eating stuff, you know? It's like it wants. <laughs> it wants always, you know? I feel like they're greedy or something. I don't know. Um, so I thought it was a great description. I guess Aaron does not. No. 
<laughs> the word buzzsaw just throws me into like the, the wood shop and I'm like, which one is it? Is it the chop saw? Wait, is it the joiner? Gotta identify all these tools now. Can you uh, explain exactly which saw you're talking about, Lysander? I'm going to need a better description. Well, the word buzzsaw doesn't really describe a specific tool, right? But it's not like, a <laughs> specific tool. <laughs> Have you never used buzzsaw as an adjective? No, 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 nope. Well, it's a common common adjective. Um, it's used all the time. How, have you ever used it? Yeah, I'm Let's using hear it, it right now. <laughs> <laughs> like people use it in sports all the time. Like if a team's really rolling, like they're saying, oh, my football team lost. They ran into a buzz saw. Okay, I looked it up. Now I know what kind of saw it is. It's a circular saw, which is the handheld one that you cut like across the table. Does it, do you feel better about it's it now? It's a circular saw. Yes. Okay, good. Perfect. That's what this now whole podcast Now that I know what a buzz saw is, <laughs> I feel like Adelante is more of a chop saw. Okay. <laughs> 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 the type of analysis that we really need to get. Um, if you kidding. have thoughts about what kind of saw Adelante is, we'd love to <laughs> not hear them. <laughs> anyway, I think her presence is going to loom large in book six and i think that's going to take us into our predictions and fan casting segment so do you have a prediction for i guess it's just going to be atalantia and ajax are the only ones left okay so i think that ajax is going to just go completely off the rails and try to kill lysander and atalantia is going to be the one to put him down and he's going to have that moment of like but I thought you loved me betrayal feeling. And then she's going to have to kill him. Wow. So fucked by the ante killed by the ante. Dang. See, I think he's going to like, I'm with Heather at this point. I feel like he's going to kill himself somehow, but not like, not like suicide, not suicide necessary, but kind of like a suicide type mission where he's going to do something really stupid to try to like win Atalantia back. And he's going to kill himself as a result. Um, and then Atalantia, I mean, she's got to just die, right? I think it comes down to whether she figures out when Lysander is going to betray her or she betrays him first. Do you think Apple is going to kill her for Lysander? Ooh, that'd be cool. I'm down. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to that, like who betrays who first and... And that's going to be the just kind of the deciding factor. Either way, I think Lysander is going to make it out, and Atl- Atalantia is going to die. Yes, at his kind of hands. Cool. So, so let's do some fan casting. Who you got? Um. So for Ajax, I have Winston Duke. Um, you probably recently saw him in the movie Us. He's like, he's the dad. But when it's when he's like the evil dad. Yeah. That's when he's more like Ajax. <laughs> but he's huge, man. He's like six foot five. He's great. He's a really great actor. I loved him in, in Us. He was my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. And then he's he's also a very good Ajax when he's in Black Panther. He's like the the guy that they go visit that's the leader of the other tribe. Yeah, like the gorilla tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he kind of exudes like Ajax vibes in that as well. Like Winston it. Duke. And then who do you have for Aja? 
we're going back to Black Panther because I just feel like this look that she has in this movie. Her name is Denai Guerrera. Yes, and she plays Okoye. The, yeah, she plays the main um, like guard yeah, like for Black Panther. Yeah. She is, I think, what a lot of the Red Rising artists are like drawing Aja after. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see a lot of the artwork, it looks just like her character in. Um, Black Panther. Yeah, sh- it's just like the look. I just can't get it out of my head. You know, it's like it's just so. Perfect. Especially because she's bald. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I was just bald. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, just like, she's a beautiful black she has woman. Like, yeah, she has like the white teeth. And she's also fucking yeah. ripped and yeah. does like cool fighting. Can definitely handle skills. the action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. I uh, and then honestly, I tried to think of like Ash Lord and Moira and Atalantia, and I had trouble thinking of known actors i have a good one for atalanta okay let's hear it have you seen that lovecraft country series no journey smollett is beautiful and i feel like she's in that series and i feel like she could just totally nail this atalanta role is she the main actress in that Mm -hmm. she's got like a lot of spunk and i would love to see her playing like an evil character. I think she could just do really well with that. She's really great. On she's probably my favorite part of of Lovecraft Country, um, which is a really weird TV series. I haven't seen it. <laughs> is it good? Uh, I like the book a lot better, but uh, oh, it's a book. Yeah, the TV series is, is worth a watch. It's just fucking crazy weird. My, I know my brother really likes it. Yeah, they went out on a fucking limb with it. <laughs> she, I think she'd be great, and then the. This person isn't an actress, but um, she's got the crazy eyes. <laughs> Tyra Banks. <laughs> <laughs> if you just look at photos of her, she does the, you know, she calls it the smize, but like in some of her photos, she looks fucking crazy. And yeah. in those photos, that's who I think of as Atalantia. <laughs> just like overly staring into your soul. That's awesome. and i could picture tyra banks with a big snake around her neck you know now that we've cast the tv show let's move on to the prime five which is our top five best character moments for the grimace fam you start (laughs) okay number five (laughs) lysander bangs his aunt why did we put that in here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just like to make fun of Lysander, I think. So it's like a good moment for us that he has to <laughs> have sex with his aunt. Is the snake like in bed with them? I think it's around. Is it like wrapped around his thigh? Like, yeah. if you don't fuck her, man, I'm going to bite you. I think it's just a it's an important character moment because this whole triumph and then them getting together is it's important for Atalantia's character. It's important for his character. And it's going to just have a, a giant influence moving forward. So definitely that's and why it's included in our top I five. mean, it kind of shows Lysander will do whatever it takes to not die. <laughs> <laughs> Don't He's trying to act like he doesn't enjoy it, he, but he totally does. So I mean, I don't think he had had sex before. Yeah. I mean, Cassius was calling him a virgin, but he said he wasn't. Well, I believe Cassius. (laughs) Cassius obviously is like his caretaker and should know who's on their ship while they're flying around. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, get off the gross stuff and move on to Prime 5 number four. 
And that's the twist at the end of Iron Gold. Ooh, yeah. So this Pierce is the, with the one-two switch. Yeah, this is the Ash Lord just getting the last lap right before he becomes, you know, Ash himself. Um, and it's this sent me kind of like into a death spiral at the end after reading Iron Gold and like you're like, what are they gonna do now? I know, and you don't have well, just as like this moment where you're like, I can't like compute this in my brain and then like there's no pages left in the book and you're just like and then you have to wait <laughs> yeah then you have to wait for dark age it was a terrible cliffhanger but a great twist um and then just adding in the fact that they do end up kind of you know they do end up killing him is a little satisfying but at the same time it's also like a gross death right like they're they lit a crippled invalid old man it's not nearly as fire it's not nearly (laughs) as not nearly as satisfying as you want it to be and even severo and daryl are like oh yeah they're like feel bad afterwards (laughs) (laughs) all right what's number three ajax's intro so this is where he cuts tongueless in the four pieces you know you like see him in the armor and you're like and they're like there's the storm night and bye tongueless yeah well, and just like how fast he is and how like he pulls this crazy move set on Daryl and Daryl's like, I can barely keep up right. with him. And he just sounds so fierce and just like so scary. Good, great and, fighter. And Daryl's like, everybody's like keeping an eye out. Where's the Storm Knight? Where's the Storm Knight? He sees like two other of the Olympic Knights and he's like, but that none, they're neither of them is Ajax. Like, where's Ajax? I just need to know where Ajax is. Before he sneaks <laughs> on me and yeah. cuts me into four pieces. So it, it sets his character up as like a very scary presence. Yes. And then uh, we also get a great scene with him and Diomedes fighting over who's actually the Storm Knight and they kind of size each other up and, you know, Ajax steps up to Diomedes like, you want to fight, bro? And Diomedes takes his cloak off. And then Ajax pees on it, <laughs> yeah. which probably means he wins the week, right? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> this is another important moment for just kind of understanding the character of Ajax. You can just kind of see his pettiness and also... Um, this kind of makes him feel, to me, when we meet him again, this kind of diminishes him from his introduction at the beginning of Dark Age because... Yeah. This makes him seem petty and like immature and insecure. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I thought he was this like amazing fighter dude. Yeah. But Diomedes is obviously a much bigger man. Right. Personality wise. And so this sets up kind of the conflict between Ajax and Lysander and why Ajax is so antagonistic towards Lysander throughout Dark Age because he's like super insecure about his position yeah, and he's still like mad about some childhood feud like get the fuck over it they were friends get over it dude pretty weird um okay and then our number two moment is really our kind of first introduction and spending a lot of time with atalantia we get to go into her meditation chamber which is crazy i would love to have um it doesn't even need to be on a ship I would just love to have this anywhere. Right. Yeah, she's got like a jungle to herself and snakes and shit. <laughs> and then uh, this is kind of where she sets up that whole, her whole kind of master move with the golds where she's talking them through what's going on. And she's like, yeah, I've got to be the dictator for this reason. And This is her 
James Bond lair, if yeah. you will. Yeah. For sure. And then this is her kind of moving the chess pieces around and shows that she's uh, extremely strategic, but at the same time kind of weird and just like out there and a little depraved and a little. A little. Yeah. It's just like (laughs) um, shows all these great qualities about Atalantia. Makes you kind of like scared of her, but also like uh, attracted to her at the same time. So she's like a poisonous flower or something like that. Mostly scared of her. And then number one has to be Aja, of course. Aja haunted our dreams for many. And I know there's and not a like book. a one specific Aja moment. She's just a so so badass. Like she's so good at fighting. When when like um, she's about to fight Ragnar, everyone's like, "No, <laughs> please don't, please don't do that." <laughs> and Daryl's like, "Don't do it." Um, and then she's so dangerous that she even has Lorne thrown out warnings. Right. He says, never fight a river and never fight Aja. Like, he's not even going to fight Aja. That's, like, my favorite quote from a character about another character. I love that. Um, it just sums up Aja so well. Just never fight a river and never fight Aja. Because you will lose. You'll die. Yes. <laughs> Unless <And> you have <laughs> four people, one of them springing out of death. And she still almost killed all of yes. them. So <laughs> that was rough. That's a serious situation. I feel like if Darrow had two hands, though, probably we yeah. would have done a little better. For sure. Yeah, he was pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and in his gym jams, right? <laughs> yes. Or was Cassius in his gym jam? That's pajamas. <laughs> I think Daryl was the only one in gym jams. Oh, okay. And and uh, Mustang, right? She was I don't also a prisoner. None of them were like ready to fight Aja. Cassius would have been because he's like kind. He would have been. I guess he would have been in his prison jams. Yeah. Yeah. Gym jams. Yeah. <laughs> so I think everybody was in gym jams. All right, let's move on to Prime or Pixie. Did House Grimace? Mostly Aja, Ajax, and Atalantia <laughs> survive the Hallerpod passage of in-depth scrutiny and judgment. Let's find out. Let's go to the Howlers. We've got some emails here. Our first email is from Flynn. They say Moira lost to a pulse fist, so she is a pixie. Magnus lost to a naked guy in jail, so he's a pixie. Atalantia is way too horny for her own good, so she's a pixie. Ajax, for all his skill and strength, is still a little bitch, so he is a pixie. Aja is the only prime member of House Grimace. She is basically Tai Lung Lung from Kung Fu Panda. Are you familiar with this? Training under the master Shifu uh, from a young age until she becomes arguably better than Wrecking House until the Dragon Warrior which in this case, Poe or Darrow, puts her down. She's the only threat that Darrow has ever looked away first from. Quinn should have been expecting her to try something, so that's on her. Wow. So, by the way, have you seen Kung Fu Panda? He's, you haven't? They're all so good. Those are great movies. Tai Lung is the bad guy. Oh, he's like a leopard or something. But he's the bad guy that they all have to like work together to fight him and even tigress can't beat him and then kung fu panda he's the only one who can beat him because he's so squishy and thailand can't use his like (laughs) you know he freezes everyone by like hitting nerves Mm -hmm. he can't find him on (laughs) 
Because he's Cause, fat. Because he's squishy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> only Darrow could use that strategy. Um, if only. Flynn finishes with, I was sad that she killed Ragnar, but he knew he couldn't win that fight. She's a beast. Never fight a river and never fight Asha. Next email is from Daniel. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for writing in. Daniel is our ride or die. Love you, Daniel. What's up? House Grimace has taken such an interesting lead as the main antagonist, and I can't get enough. I love them all except Moira. Myra. Myra? I can't say her name anymore. Moira. I love them all except Moira. That bitch fried extra crispy like Dale from Green Mile. That's horrible. Wow. <laughs> Have you seen Green Mile? That's, yes. What a sad movie. That's tough. Oh, man. Daniel with the <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> Atalantia is a twisted little fiend. I always imagine a taller version of Carrie Washington when I'm visualizing her. I respect her as well. In a manner, in a matter of months, she was able to pull off what her father couldn't in a decade. Gotta admit, that's slick. I'm excited to see what she's going to bring. I'd love to see her death come from Lysander mid bumping uglies. Wow. That'd be that'd be a surprise for everybody. <laughs> would be. Especially the snake. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like Lysander's getting bit in that scenario. Yeah, maybe they both die? <laughs> cool. Daniel says, Aja, I can't respect this warrior enough. I love that Brown doesn't make his female characters badass just because of pandering. All the women in Red Rising are wonderfully strong and exceptional, and they are all worthy. Aja was a fucking god with the razor. I've read some theories that she had the mind's eye, but I don't care for that. I think she really just was the perfect student of Lorne. Could she bear Dark Age Darrow? Question mark. He also says R.I.P. Ragnar. Mm. And then Ajax. I think he had the most dramatic entrance in the whole series. With Ajax, I was already blown away by the sudden reveal of Aja's heir and the ferocity of the beast of a man. The way he moved in the hallway against Darrow and Tungless, he says, R.I.P. literally laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Um, the whole prologue of Dark Age just let me know that Brown had stepped up his game and that we were going to be in for a wild fucking ride, which we were. <laughs> True. And then predictions. Um, Daniel thinks that Ajax will kill his father and because of the prophecy. Mm. He's thinking it's Ajax and Atlas. Mm -hmm. He says, Ben, I know you don't dig the whole prophecy deal because of the genre. Ben, you hate prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, I don't believe for one second that Brown would lay out his plan in one paragraph, a.k.a. the prophecy. But if Ajax did kill his father, that would just make him more of a badass enemy. That would mean the mind's eye is beatable. And that's something I can't imagine as of now. Thanks, Daniel. Mm, that's an interesting theory. So what I got from that is um i'd be okay with that actually i'm cool with that we didn't get a uh, straight up primer pixie but i i feel like house grimace is prime for daniel he likes the, the baddies he likes those baddies let's go on to our next email this one's from our friend nick brenlow i love nick he says magnus agrimus is a problematic character he, no he ignored his 
daughter's perversions. He was a tool of oppression for decades. He had the blood of millions on his hands. That said, when considering whether he was a pixie, I couldn't ignore the extent to which he mirrors Darrow. This is true for sure. In Dark Age, Darrow states, the greatest sin of war is that it requires good men to become practical. Darrow cites this line when considering how best to allocate medical care to his injured troops, electing to focus his limited resources on his golden obsidian soldiers. While the scale is different, I couldn't help but hear echoes of Magnus and Iron Gold when he argues that Rhea was a tra- was a rational transaction, 60 million lives to keep order for 18 billion. As a consequence of this choice, Magnus is often presented as a monster. But let's not forget that Darrow released the Storm Gods, leading to the death of millions on Mercury. Moreover, we are told that 10 million Ganymede fell when the rubble of the dockyards fell on New Troy, a number that doesn't include the casualties from within the docks themselves. Furthermore, Darrow's continued persecution of the war effort, however defensible, has resulted in 200 million deaths. Their connection can also be seen via their communications, both literal and symbolic. At the end of Iron Gold, Magnus states approvingly that I see you kept our scar. Darrow's exploits and status as a half-rat are common knowledge, meaning that he could have had his peerless scar removed along with his sigils, but he didn't. He could have swapped eyes with Severo, reclaiming the identity they confer. Again, he didn't. Instead, he he retained the identity he made for himself. Similarly, following the bombing of Rhea, Magnus took on the mantle of the Ash Lord, owning responsibility for his actions and the identity he had made for himself through an act of genocide, something that Daryl refused to do after Ganymede. Moreover, in their final conversation, Daryl notes their familiarity, wondering how few people left breathing could understand this man, and ultimately fearing that he is heading down the same broken road. Put together, we have a complex picture. Can we really call Magnus a pixie and yet laud Darrow's actions? Isn't it clear to see them as frighteningly similar, both prime, both protagonists within their own stories and perhaps both doomed? I'd love to know what you think. This is really interesting. I think the yeah. one difference is that Darrow decides he sees the similarity between himself and the Ash Lord, and he decides to be different. I, I don't think the Ash Lord goes and saves his army on Mercury, probably just lets them right. die. And then he goes back and tries to reform his army on Luna or, you know, find the Seventh Legion and start a war somewhere else, you know. But Darrow kind of out of a sense of duty to his men and the fact that he messed up, he decides to go try and save them and kind of pulls that off. Not really, but a little bit. So that is where I think they differ the most. Definitely. But they are very similar characters, and I love those comparisons throughout the email. Good job, Nick. Way to go, Nick. I think we've got one more. We have one from Stephanie. Stephanie says, let's start with the Pixies. Adelante is a Pixie because (laughs) I hate her. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that some might say she's prime because she's a trickster. The Republic had no idea she'd been in charge of the society for three years as her father succumbed to poison. She was also sly enough to poison Sefi. Being a sneaky bitch isn't enough. I say she's Pixie because she's Darrow's enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have the fact that she's just sick in the head. She has erotophonophilia, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And she is emotionally and sexually abused her nephew Ajax and now possibly Lysander. 
Can you call the bees? I don't know. It's Lysander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're much more lenient when it comes we're like, to poor Lysander. Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stephanie says, my predictions for book six is that Lysander will take her down once he gets his memories back about his parents. It'll be difficult to kill her, but with Apollonius's help, he can do it. Hey, I kind of said that. Mm-hmm. Um, as for casting, I think Angela Bassett it has the acting range. I'm not sure how old Atalante is supposed to be in Dark Age, but I think it's important to cast an older woman to show the age difference and power plays between her and Lysander and Ajax. Stephanie says Ajax is also a pixie. I feel bad for saying so because he's a victim of sexual abuse. However, his behavior is that of a spoiled and entitled child. He acted like a big baby when Diomedes showed up wearing Storm Knight armor. That's not how you welcome guests. Peeing on their armor is dishonorable. My predictions for <laughs> book six is he'll either be killed by Lysander, Lysander's Praetorian Guard, or by Darrow. So he's going to die. And then I don't have any names for casting because I think he should be a known actor. And then she says, Aja is prime. I know it's easy to hate her. I want to call her a pixie for many reasons. She killed Ragnar and Trigg, and she was loyal to the society but Lauren, Lauren said, never fight a river, never fight Aja. It took four people, including several on snake bite to kill her. Someone that badass a fighter is prime. For casting, I'm going to go with a fan favorite, Denai Guerrera from The Walking Dead and Black Panther. It might be considered typecasting, but her look in Black Panther is exactly how I pictured Aja. Stephanie, mind meld. Mind meld. I feel like we're all on the same mind meld, though, with that one. That's true. Thank you, Stephanie. Great email, Stephanie. Hello, Howlers. Um, It's Ben with the weird voice using a different mic. We had another email come in, and it was from our friend Thomas. Um, So I really wanted to read it for you guys. Thomas, if you don't know, he has his own podcast that Aaron and I went on it's called high key obsessed um we went on and talked like all kinds of stuff including red rising but also some other stuff as well so you should check that out um he released it a couple weeks ago and then he's also got some other episodes covering um things like the mandalorian and other pop culture items so um we really enjoyed our conversation with him and here's his email he says Aja, absolutely prime. Space racist, yes, and also a very tough hang. However, Lorna Arcos, the most famously gifted fighter perhaps in the history of the solar system, among the most feared people in the society, told Darrow to never fight her. Plus, she was fiercely protective of those she loved, survived on Mars somehow by herself after battling Darrow, Ragnar, Mustang, and Holiday. You, me, everybody else were right to hate her, but we can't deny she is primed by most any definition. She talks shit a lot, which I love, and while she's basically a jumped-up henchman, she is one of the best villains because she kicks ass, talks shit, and backs it up and is scary as hell. It takes Darrow, Cassius, Mustang, and Severo to kill her in Morningstar. Prime, my guys. Prime. All right, and then he says he also has Deny Guerrera. Uh, for the band cast. On to Atalantia. 
He says she's a sexual deviant, which equals pixie. Now I know she is a warlord of the Solar Republic remnant, and I know she has pulled some tricks on Darrow, but to me the Mercury and Venus golds don't seem terribly impressive. Ruling them seems an easier task. Besides, it seems she benefits tremendously from employing Atlas, who I'm pretty sure is going to betray her. So while she does have some prime qualities as a politico and military leader, her inability to even try to control her sexual deviance marks her firmly pixie in gold terms anyway. In my eyes, don't fuck your nephews, don't have weird things with snakes if you're not Alexander the Great's mom, and don't be into alleged necrophilia if you want me to call you prime. <laughs> His fan cast for Atalantia is Lupita Nyong'o. That's a good one. Um, Ajax, he says, gory, good fighter, little pixie chicken shit in real war. He fled the battlefield and got his troops routed and sent his henchmen to kill Lysander. Pixie cunt <laughs> can even do it himself. I cannot wait for our boy Diomedes to wax him. I'm sort of like Carnus slash Titus vibes from him, except he's a coward at the end of the day. Ajax full-on sucks. His fan cast is John Boyega channeling maximum fuckboy energy, like Baker Mayfield-type energy. <laughs> uh, and then he has Moira, chief political of the Sovereign, decent fighter. She had the common sense to abandon plenty to Darrow and Lorne and not get killed. Fuck it. He's going to say Prime. Shake him ahead that she's not included in the poll. We're sorry, Thomas. Um, we just didn't think Moira was that important. Thank you for the email. All right, let's get back to Primer Pixie. All right, thank you, Howlers, for writing in. Yes. You guys making my day. All right, Ben. Ajax, Primer Pixie. Let's start with the case four. He's like a badass fighter, right? That's pretty much our only case four. Yeah, he is a badass fighter, um, and I guess that's it. I just don't... What other good qualities we got here? He I he reminds me of like Titus. Yeah. Like he he's a big baddie and he's like you don't like him. You, we got to put those big baddies down. So the case that would be kind of the case against he's insecure. Yeah. Like really it's just about the insecurity here for me. And like the way he like tricks Lysander into trusting him again and then like tries to kill him that's just not nice all right and like i know we don't like lysander but like i still want people to like play for their side sure you know i'm still cheering for lysander in that in that relationship for sure yeah, yeah. um i'm gonna say pixie on ajax bow show i'm gonna say pixie because he killed tongueless the end that's your right <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Atalantia next. What's the case for Atalantia? So Atalantia is tougher because she is um, like a mastermind and she tricked people into playing the part when her whole family was intact. She played the part of the um, sister who was just into partying and uh you know shoes <laughs> and you know um beautiful things beautiful things collecting items collecting people and she didn't seem to be that interested in politics and then all of a sudden turn around 
and she's like fucking running the baddies. So for a while, for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's the case for case against um you know she gets off to killing people mm. she fucks her family um oh family fucker she is a depraved little weirdo didn't she like help kill lysander's parents yes also participated in that Partici- <laughs> <laughs> it's this is a lot of problematic things going on with that that's Atlanta. problematic so where are you at, though? I'm on the fence, but I'm leaning towards Prime just because she is such a f- formidable opponent to Darrow. I think that she's holding her own. I still want her to die, but I don't know. I'm pulling for these bad ladies. I really enjoy her as a villain, despite all her Honestly, can I say Prime just because she wears a snake? Like That's pretty cool. You certainly can. That's why I say Prime. <laughs> I'm going to say Prime for Adla- Atalantia, too. I just like her whole situation. I like her deal. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> you Do you get off to erotophonophilia? Um, I can't tell you that. I've definitely learned a new word thanks to Pierce. She's just out here watching snuff films. It's pretty weird. Um, but... I don't know. I'm into her depraved weirdness and I like her as a villain and I especially like her like fucking with Darrow when she talks to him and And fucking with Lysander. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how much of a smart ass she is, especially like in all her conversations. She's just like having she's having so much fun. And I like people that are, you know, out there just like having fun. Yeah, just have fun, guys. You know. Live your life. While being a, a terrible person. Um all right, Atalantia is prime. Maybe an upset there. Well, the Howlers voted 51% prime. On Atalantia? On Atalantia, fi- 49% Pixie. So we're with the majority on this one. What's the What was uh, the Ajax vote? Pixie. <laughs> <laughs> 38% prime, 62 Pixie. Okay, let's go Aja. Okay, this was funny because I think people were scared to say Pixie. And she got 88% prime. Yeah, Aja's 88% prime by the Howlers. By the the Howlers on Instagram voting. The case for is that I am also scared of her. Well, I'd say, though, (laughs) it's more than that. I I think that she, uh, out of all the Furies, we, we learned through Lysander's flashbacks that she really was a good person to her family and to those she cared about. Obviously, she murdered all of our favorite I mean, people. She was, a sol- she was a soldier. She's a soldier. And like her like running down Trig while that was horrible. I mean, it's p- kind of badass, Pretty cool, right? right? Like she spears him. <laughs> Can I say that without... <laughs> I mean... I've always enjoyed that part. Like if, if Trig was a bad guy and she was on our side, we would be like, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and then the way that... Um, she scares everybody the way she like slams Darrow around in the um the plane when he mm-hmm. jumps in after Octavia yeah. just like with one arm i mean she's strong yeah <laughs> the case against is only that she basically she killed all her favorite characters but yeah. <laughs> i mean the case against is that she and she's a space racist she's a space racist and she yeah she's just on the wrong side of history 
But mm-hmm. I mean, you can't fault her for being good at her job, right? That's true. That's true. So I say prime. I say prime too. Also, I'm scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, it's time for what are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into? I'm into this Audible original podcast called West Cork. It is about a murder. It's a true crime podcast about a real murder, um, if you like that kind of thing. But it's about the 1996 murder of Sophie Toscan de Plantier, who was a French woman, French film producer. And they're in Ireland in West Cork town of of Skull. So they interview a lot of Irish people and the podcasters, two people, they're English. Um, And really it's um, slow paced in that it like walks through um, this one suspect in depth and it kind of becomes about him and he's eccentric and it's just really interesting. So, Hmm. West Cork, and you can only listen to it on Audible. So this you has s- been a production of Audible. <laughs> this has been a production of Audible. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed this production of Audible. <laughs> oh my God, it got me the other day. I, I got through, I'm under the third book of the Mistborn series. And right when the second book ended, it sh- it always shocks me. It's so like the minute the book ends, it's like, yeah. we hope you have enjoyed this production. Of- I'm like, shut up, dude. Except I think that guy died. The okay. voice of Audible. Wow. So I can't really make fun of him. R.I.P. R.I.P. But like, stop interrupting the my like. <laughs> I need I need like a little break to right. like pause and reflect on the end of a book. Yeah. Not to be yelled at about production. Anyways, Ben, what are you into this week? I'm into a movie on Netflix. It's probably been recommended to you before, but if you haven't watched it yet, I would suggest it. It's called Social Dilemma. Um. Just a lot of good information about social media. It's a documentary and kind of a drama, drama at the same time. They have like dramatic reenactments kind of. Yeah. <laughs> they have like what Facebook yeah. is doing <laughs> yeah, with like a fake That view. part's kind of weird. Yeah. But the information where it's basically a bunch of people that formerly worked in social media just talking about the effects it has on your brain and our society and just... How much it fucks and us how, all up. How they um, purposefully Make like cater yeah. social media to whoever's looking at it. That was really interesting. So then you only see certain things. You don't see what everyone else sees. Yes. It's just designed to be extremely addictive. And so now I'm just like all worried about my screen time. So if you would like to feel that way too. If you want more anxiety, <laughs> you should watch. No, this is like reducing. It's supposed to reduce anxiety because the more time that you spend you on your phone more worried about it. and social media <laughs> um, actually increases your Tell them about your, your phone box. Oh, well, I don't use it anymore. <laughs> but oh, I was trying to break. Well, I had a really bad phone habit for a long time. So I did buy one of the boxes that's actually featured in social dilemma that like locks on a timer uh-huh. and so that did break some of my my habit with it but now it's, it's growing again so gotta get your little box out i just gotta find some fucking willpower at some point i think yeah and stop being manipulated working from home probably doesn't the, help the social meads so if you haven't watched it yet i would i would definitely watch it also if your parents are like crazy facebook people i would suggest having them watch it <laughs> as well that's on netflix 
It's on Netflix. Social Dilemma and West Cork on Audible. What's coming up next week on Our Pod? We got the kids. We're babysitting. Wow. We got um, we're Ephraim next week. We got Ephraim duty. Uh, <laughs> it's Pax and Electra. Mm. AKA Half Breed and Hatchet Face. Be a lot of future talk on this one, I feel like. Finally, two people that aren't yet <laughs> dead. If you have some predictions for Pax and Electra, it'd be a great week to write in and let us know what you think. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Etsy at HowlerPod. Email us howlerpod at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 1-800-516-1540. Tell us about Hatchet Face and Halfbreed. Like, what's your favorite moments with them? Are you mad at Pax <laughs> for sending Ephraim to his death and possibly Volga? <laughs> Find links for all this and more at howlerpod.com. Tell a friend about Red Rising and spread the word. Tell them about Howlerpod. Rate and review us, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we will cut you into four pieces. R.I.P. Tungless. <laughs> Thank you to Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, for all her hard work researching very many characters this week and adding their historical connections. And thank you to Miles for the amazing episode art. You can check that out on our Instagram. And thank you, Howlers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh. Oh.